2: Rest inside, AW, lighting up the fuse,
1: sit back and enjoy the bubble. We hear from John and Way Where we're going, we don't need roads. And if the buck stops here, yeah, this thing might blow. Everything you hear are opinions of the show.
0: And if you don't like it, go to the forest and
2: let them know. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock and Wei Ting. Welcome to Rewind to Dynamite, your Wednesday night
0: delight. Hello, Wei. Ah, is that the unofficial um, t- subtitle of the show? No, no, it is not. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Um, what do you mean? You hope not? It wasn't that horrible, was I it? I mean, it's just not one I'm. I'm. I, I would be happy to repeat multiple times, I guess, or at all. How's life? Overall good. Yeah, very good, I would say. I'm in, I enjoy I'm enjoying my life.
2: <laughs> That's good. It's going okay. Yeah. You're ready for the next half of it, hopefully.
0: Uh yes, yes, I would say so. What about you? Are are you enjoying your life? Well, it's going well. <laughs> it's going good. Well, what what about it in particular? Are you is is going so well? Um There's a great variety of
2: coffee shops in my general vicinity all walking distance Ooh. like like it's just a, it's just crazy and not just uh as much as like all these other stores are closing down man or tim horton's just like just two two have just opened up within 10 minutes like walking distance of me like honestly i can walk 10 minutes in any direction and, and hit one it's like we, we could have some variety that that would be fine i would you know I kind of feel the need to maybe support kind of the the local establishments more mm. so. I think I
0: think um I think the dynasty is doing just fine here in Canada and and beyond. They're really filling all the empty f- spaces in, in the city. I mean, really it's it's Tim Hortons, it's um cannabis shops. Um and that's really it. That's all Toronto is um going to be pretty much, you know, over the next twenty years. So um it could it could be worse could be worse you know so so but you're like are you adventurous when you're going to these various coffee shops or are you just kind of going for you know give me your drip standard drip house blend i i'm i'm
2: a big house blend type of individual i, I don't like to veer off too far i mean i'm not i'm not looking to change my life i'm looking for Attach this to my veins and just put it in. I'm not looking for an
0: adventure. I'm looking for um, a hit. But okay, well, like I mean, have you have you had um, maybe a a latte?
2: Or, I, I will go for the odd cappuccino every now and then. Okay, that's kind okay. of my my splurge drink, I guess. Like right. maybe once a month, I'll get a cappuccino. Very nice. There's nothing wrong with a cappuccino. Right, but not
0: not something you're willing to go go for on a regular basis. No, no, it's
2: um, it's very rich, cappuccino. I like honestly, I like. I can rich. just drink black coffee. I'm, but you I'm love milk. Body. Um, I like milk. I don't love milk, but it's. <laughs> how about a, how
0: about an espresso? Like just a straight up espresso shot. You ever do that?
2: It just feels kind of underwhelming for.
0: You like it's a the little longer
2: exactly i want to have something that is going to be like i'm not looking for you know you need volume that's it that's it i mean yeah like understandable who who wants to get hooked on cocaine i mean it's there's so little of it to really give you that rush you know what i mean you want to have you want to have a meal
0: i got you i got you it makes perfect sense i'd love love to hear your recommendations
2: sure maybe i will start um i I noticed like anything in my life you are just like the wheels turn of like
0: (laughs) you should like produce work for this (laughs) i i'm i'm speaking as a friend who you're bringing up a topic that you seem to be interested in and I'm trying to carry on the conversation tell I'm not asking you to do more work. I'm not asking you to uh, give me a Pollux news update about your favorite coffee shops in the city. I'm not asking for ratings for these, you know, um, attendance figures of, of the local coffee shops in the neighborhood. I I could do a head count. Turnstile count
2: for your local. Some of these, these, uh, these schools get out at lunch. And you get in the swarm, dude. They're going like 40, 50 deep in some of these Tim Hortons. Like okay. I don't know how they fit so many people in there.
0: Well, that's why you get one within every 10 minutes.
2: Yeah. I I do not understand the um like I was not a coffee meant nothing to me in high school. Didn't even in university, but times have changed.
0: You get older, but you know, I I would say like it feels like the scene has really gotten bigger in the in the city, at least it seems that way to me. Like growing up, I don't think we had all these, you know, coffee shops everywhere. There's a
2: variety, Um, too, because when I at least like anecdotally, when I'm seeing like, especially like high school kids that are populating, they're going for like the like non coffee drinks. Oh, yeah.
0: Like you go to like, I I, like drinking like
2: just actual coffee. I don't I don't know how in vogue that is. Oh,
0: you stand in line at a Starbucks and it's like these people making like these teenagers making like $13 orders for Mm -hmm. like, you know, all like all the Frappuccino like bullshit things. And um, I'm I'm amazed that people have that much money to spend on on uh, just a drink these days. Like we're buying milkshakes. Let's just like that, Yeah, that's what this is. You're buying sugar and water and maybe some froth on top. It's you know the, delicious, uh,
2: though. The meal of champions. All right. That's uh, two old guys uh, talking about uh, high school kids. So there, there you have our, our latest update there. Anything else you're looking forward to this weekend? This week?
0: This month, uh, is there a wrestling event this weekend? Not really. No. Then I'm looking forward to Will Osprey that. and Michael Oku. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm looking forward to it. Their last match was great. I guess, uh, you know, is it is it like my main event of the weekend? I'm I'm gonna admit it's it's not, but I I, I will make time for that. That sounds like a great match. Okay, that's coming up this weekend.
2: Coming up this week.
0: Ask away the
2: mailbag show. This is what mm-hmm. way is looking forward to the most. We have two months worth of questions that we are going to be getting to on Thursday. So post wrestling cafe.com is where you can go get all of the answers to your questions. God knows what you were asking a month and a half ago, but we will answer them all. These are always fun shows where you guys get to direct where we go, what we talk about. No subjects are off limits. So you can still send your questions in by, uh, well, by Thursday morning, get them in at forum.postwrestling.com. There's an ask away thread there that you can just add to. Or if you want your voice to be heard, memo.fm slash postwrestling is where you can go submit your question and it will get on to the show. And then the whole world will know what you sound like.
0: Uh, yeah, sure. If you care to maybe um, if you don't want that. If you want to use a, a AI generated voice to ask your question, I suppose you're welcome to do that as well. If you want to get a substitute, you know, like ask a friend to impersonate you because you don't want your voice on 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 the on the radio. You're that's cool too.
2: The Black Scorpion voice, you can do
0: that too. Be creative with it. Yeah.
2: So that is coming up on Thursday, Friday. We've got Rewind to Smackdown. And then this weekend, uh, we do not have Collision Course because Collision has the night off. But in its place, we will have an edition of Postmarks with David and Bruce chatting with Robert Pearson, the mm-hmm. the man of mystery, the, the man that is um, our version of the Dos Equis guy. It is Robert Pearson, the most interesting man in the world. I, I
0: would say so, yeah. Uh, uh, he's somebody that we've known for a long, long time. Somebody who has certainly helped the growth of post-wrestling in a big way. So I look forward to an extended conversation between those two and Robert.
2: And then Sunday, it's the UFC 298 post-show with myself and Eric Marcotte. And then Sunday night, the NWA podcast live here on this channel. You you don't want to miss that show. So you know what you That's can do? my main event. That That is what I'm waiting all week for. The yeah. whole schedule is built around the NWA podcast. So subscribe mm-hmm. to the channel, turn on those notifications and get ready for Nate, Chris, and Andrew as they have a lot a lot to tackle this month mm-hmm. on the podcast. So check that out on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Any predictions for for their wh- show? Oh, like length of show? Is that what we're talking about again? Um no, we already talked about that. The content of the show? Yeah, give give me a rundown. Uh, I'm assuming they will talk about the rock. Uh, I'm assuming they will talk about Roman reigns, maybe even Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins in there as well. Um, I'm sure they'll talk about Vince McMahon. Uh, at least you think? that's, that that's part of the assumption and who knows what else, you know, it's, it's wide open from, that I think we'll line. get some super bowl talk. Uh, possibly possibly. Yeah, possibly.
2: Okay. That's coming up on Sunday. Let's get into the news. Uh, we're going to start off with a, a story coming out from uh, Lee Cole. And this is more so something that uh, could be very, very newsworthy. He, uh, Lee Cole, for those that are unfamiliar, he is the older brother of Tom Cole, who was at the center of the Ring Boy scandal. And, I mean, was somebody that, you know, we, we've talked extensively about, uh, took his life a number of years ago. And Lee Cole has been doing a lot of videos about it since the Vince McMahon scandal, but even before that, he's been going through, you know, his feelings with the company and, um, you know, what, what led to, you know, his brother taking his life. This was a extremely traumatic series of events that he went through and Tom Cole, um, you know, he had exchanged text messages with his brother, like right before, Uh, He took his life and has been sharing those text messages. It's some really heart-wrenching stuff. And Lee Cole has stated that a former ring boy who worked at the WWF between 1986 and 1988 is going to be speaking with him for the first time ever uh, publicly. He has not disclosed the name yet, nor when this interview is going to be released. But if this interview does come out, it will be another on-the-record allegation of a ring boy. And we, of course, Tom Cole was someone who came forward when the story first broke in March of 1992 in the the Jeff Savage piece in the San Diego Union Tribune. There was another ring boy by the name of Chris Loes that also put his name out there. And then he sort of um, drifted away from the story, but was there at the beginning. This would be if my uh, memory is correct, this would be the third ring boy to have a, an on the record. Uh, account of things. So that's something that we talked about last week, is the idea if this current set of scandals that the company is going through, will it embolden anyone to come forward? I don't know what the um, thinking is uh, of of this particular individual, what has spurred them on. But regardless, like this is uh, something I think a lot of people will uh, pay attention to. And again i don't think that this whole scandal from the early 90s should be forgotten about either like there is when we are dissecting the the culture of the company it is like so much of it to me is linked to this period and what was you know just a horrendous part of the company's history that a lot of companies would not have survived and and WWF did and they thrived a- after this as well like this was not something that that crippled this company but something to certainly keep your eyes on if you go to my Twitter account I did um uh attach the link to the YouTube channel that Lee Cole runs and you can also see some of his other videos where he goes through a lot of his uh, documentation and his own experiences with the company as he was he was the one that when the scandal like some of the accusations first kind of came to light, it was Tom Cole that informed his brother of what happened to him, and it was Lee Cole that that reached out to Phil Mushnick, who was the is the columnist at the New York Post, and Phil Mushnick was one of the voices that was you know, prominent at that time period when it comes to the whole Titan Gate scandal. So, it's certainly something of great interest if this interview is in fact released. But again, they have not stated when it will be released. Um, Just they've kind of put out the teaser that it's coming.
0: And it's Lee Cole's
2: YouTube channel. Lee Cole's YouTube channel. Yes. I think it's called like wrestling with with the devil. I think it is what what it's called, but it's linked on my Twitter. If you want to just scroll down and you can go to the channel directly there. Next up, uh, Shotzi suffered a knee injury at the NXT tapings on Tuesday night. This was first reported by Fightful and WWE has since confirmed this with some changes to SmackDown on Friday. But if you watched NXT on Tuesday, you saw Shotzi on the broadcast, and they were taping next week's episode right after. So Shotzi was there to do the match with Lyra Valkyria and suffered this knee injury during the match, and it was just described as a freak accident that occurred. And it sounds like they just had to think on their feet because they had to fill the episode for next week. So they did this impromptu match with Lyra Facing Lash Legend, um, we'll be very curious to see how they edit this next week. If because they set up the angle where the match is going to happen, like do they air it sort of as is and just go with like she suffered a knee injury and we get an impromptu opponent? Um, but Nick Aldis did drop a video during Dynamite uh, announcing that Shotzi will not obviously be part of the qualifying matches as she was set to take on Tiffany Stratton. So now it's Tiffany Stratton against Zelina Vega. And Naomi will be taking on Elba Fire in the women's qualifiers in Salt Lake City on Friday. But uh, wishing the best to Shotzi. It's, you know, there's been a rash of injuries. It's obviously the uh, something that you hope is not too serious of an injury. But w- w- with a knee, it obviously could be a serious one.
0: Yeah, and especially for somebody like her who... Um... I would say has has kind of been flirting with, you know, an ascension from relative obscurity in the sort of low to mid card of the women's division in the WWE to somebody who occasionally might pair up with Bianca Belair and might actually, you know, be in, in an actual substantive storyline uh it's it's a big setback for her and 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 absolutely sucks um i i'm very curious to see how they play it out because from the 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 sounds of fight fightful's report it sounds like it was kind of done live to tape and they were almost rushing to you know put this match together in real time yeah i personally if if it's it fits within the the allotted time i would opt for that you know tell the truth of what happened here um it's it's maybe a, a bit um, interesting to, to think that lash legend would have been you know somebody that they would have would have picked for that spot of an impromptu match from uh fightful fightful's reporting it sounds like a lot of people were impressed not just by her but obviously by Ly- lyra valkyria for being able to put whatever they were able to put together on the fly um so i i hope we kind of get to see you know a, a relatively unedited version of, of all that
2: AEW, or Sorry, let's talk first uh, just about Elimination Chamber. They've added a Grayson Waller effect segment for the premium live event. So Grayson Waller will be hosting his segment with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. So they're sending both of them to the event and... um this came right after we saw the quarter hours where these two spiked the number on Monday, like their segment did phenomenal. So this for some people might be the main event of a Elimination Chamber. And I guess we'll see after tomorrow night if they kind of have locked in the involvement for for these two and if in fact they're going with, with the tag match however they're setting things up, but that's been added to the show. So as of now, we've got four matches with the two chamber matches, Rhea Ripley against Nia Jax and the Judgment Day against Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate with the Grayson Waller effect. I don't know if you need much more than that unless they are going to do some story to get Bronson Reed on this show, but certainly doesn't need it when you figure these chamber matches are each going to be 25, 30 minutes each. And this has sort of been like this is, Maybe one more match, but uh, probably the Grayson Waller effect will be some significant. Talking segment that they have
0: on top of this—that will be the length of a match, you know. That that Waller Waller effect segment itself. Yeah, you're right. You know, with the two chamber matches, I mean, th- it seems to kind of fit the current trend of of you know these PLEs not really having that much bloat these days. Um, I'm sure if you're attending the show, you might be disappointed that you're not going to see either Cody or Seth in an in an actual match. Um, but I'm I'm sure the 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 talking segment will be you know. It, it, important i hope um and it's something for grayson waller in in australia which is going to be awesome for for that guy's career uh does this mean that um neither roman nor the rock will be there
2: i think that's a pretty safe assumption
0: i think so too i don't think this tag match is happening there for some for the for the two or three people that still think that 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 might be a possibility No, I I don't see
2: that one happening. But um, there you go. That's Elimination Chamber. Rocky Romero and QT Marshall have been hired by AEW. In the case of QT, he is returning, according to Fightful. And then Dave Meltzer had a note about Rocky Romero. So Romero is still working with New Japan. He is still working, you know, with CMLL. He's holding a title in MLW. And he's going to take a front office position in AEW. While QT is coming back, uh, just listed in an executive role. So it sounds like this will not be the return of QTV. We
0: can only hope. Um, I mean, it says, like, he might not be wrestling, but I don't think it disqualifies him from um, bringing back QTV because it, they were so should. popular.
2: It should. Um, uh, yeah, they're they're back. Um, you know, QT was oh, sort of, you know, made, made his intentions pretty clear when he was leaving. And um, now he's back.
0: What what was the the report of of what he said about um, the direction of AEW um, that he did not enjoy? That it was becoming too. I don't want to paraphrase,
2: but it was just that you know the it was changing essentially that the things were changing.
0: Yeah, uh, the company was
2: going in a different direction, something of that that so.
0: House of Wrestling uh, has um, QT Marshall. Felt AEW was becoming too much like new Japan Pro Wrestling. Meanwhile, the other person attached to this headline is uh Rocky Romero that they brought in here. So, I mean, whatever. Like, who who knows what, what what exactly happened there. Um But but Rocky Romero, let's talk about you know, that this man is the forbidden door, is he not? Like he he's he's kind of attached to everything and i'm sure was is responsible for a lot of these different connections of you know various wrestlers kind of using aew almost as a bit of a, a you know funnel um for for greater exposure for for all of these other companies and i i as a fan it i think it's made aew that much more dynamic and um and we don't know like- what
2: exactly the role is but you would think it would sort of be this liaison between all these working partners that he's got the relationships with, that he's active with, that he is somebody, uh, again, it's like, it remains to be seen what the official title is and and what his duties are. Um,
0: Does it speak to the strength, the continued strength of the relationship between AEW and New Japan, or is this somebody just making their transition from New Japan to AEW?
2: I think it's it certainly it is probably a position that that comes with a not just a degree of responsibility but is probably a very you know stable income that he's going to be making and you would think that you know of of the people out there like Rocky Romero has certainly carved out a post wrestling career for himself where he wants to go and of the different companies i mean aew is is a pretty stable spot for him that i would certainly wonder what he is looking for in terms of you know doing the odd couple of matches um he could do that forever um but i i think this is probably just a signal that aew you would think is going to be his home base and whatever outside projects he he has i don't know if those would take priority or precedence over this AEW job that would seem to be his, his core position. Hmm. That would be my guess. All right. Uh, let's continue on. And outside of those uh, news and notes, Brian Danielson is going to get to go to arena Mexico for uh, his continued um, his, his wrestling summer camp. Uh, this time going down March 29th with the BCC. They will be part of Omenaje a Dos Legendas, taking on Mystico, Volador Jr., Ultimo Guerrero, and the Man's Idol, Blue Panther. I,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a you know a, 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 a an A minus for that, John. I I I I could tell you put some effort into that pronunciation. It sounded good to my ears, at least.
2: Well, I'll. I'll, I'll get a WhatsApp message if if I if I misspoke, but uh, yeah, this is sort of a w- what things have been leading towards with with the promos and such, and I think the atmosphere will be incredible for this match, and this is, I think, really going to just be another kind of bucket list item for brian danielson i mean blue panther is another one like a like a eugene nagata to him in terms of someone he holds in in great high regard yes i i dug this up from way back when he was in wwe when he got a a signed blue panther mask sent to him and he's just geeking out over this gift that he received from the man
0: yeah um i mean i i feel like we're living vicariously through brian danielson um as a man who's Kind of getting to live out his actual like his dreams of wrestling all around the world and wrestling all of these stars that he's you know wanted to to face for for a long long time, but for you know because he was under the WWE's banner, they they never were able to um, set up. So um, I'm I'm really happy for him. I wonder how much they'll play it up in story of him like you know wanting this blue panther. They brought now. it up on the broadcast tonight
2: of the fact he's going down there
0: can they play this video of him uh from the wwe so- social media getting this mask
2: i'm gonna guess probably uh probably unlikely even though this was probably shot on his phone but he'll uh,
0: probably bring bring the mask with him though or at least he might she, wear uh, that would out. be
2: actually pretty funny if he yeah. if he wore the mask that was that was the story that this guy was at one point like just growing his hair out with the idea of leaving wwe to go put it put his hair on the line against like atlantis down in down in Mexico for like an anniversary card I mean I think this has been something he's wanted to do for a while and all of these little like weird one-offs I think that's going to be the post Danielson career I mean he's really backpedaled the idea that he's this is a hard retirement that he's going to be doing matches but they're going to be a lot more selective and I Mm -hmm. think this is the kind of thing that we can expect him like just randomly out of nowhere he's going to do an arena Mexico match with someone that he's got just an affinity for that wants to wrestle. And I think these are, this is probably a preview of what he's going to be doing post retirement. Just, you
0: know, less matches. Do you think it will, it will be a setup for a singles match between blue Panther and Danielson?
2: Well, he's got, he's got several months. Yeah, he could, I'm, I certainly think so. Mm -hmm. Or, or somebody else as well. I mean, they're, Mm -hmm. they've got the relationship and he's got a bunch of months of this, this countdown that they, they, seem to be you know this could probably just be a kickoff and and, and do more yeah. Where, how how obscure are we going to get with this danielson thing is he going to do a defy show before august
0: why not who I would he could. who would he wrestle at the defy that he couldn't elsewhere i guess artemis spencer i don't know uh, we we don't know what the man dreams about
2: it's uh the the, the world is his oyster at, at this point or the or, or uh A clam, whichever. AEW collision ratings. Vegetarian, I
0: think that's true.
2: Collision ratings, they did a very good number on Saturday, 498,000 viewers and a 0.15 in the demo. So this was their best audience since October and highest demo number of the year. Uh, uh, We go over to Raw on Monday night. It did 1,747,000 viewers and a 0.56 uh, Nomics reporting that the peak quarter came during the Cody Seth segment. Now, this quarter did have the benefit of no ad break, but regardless, this thing did a giant spike up to 2.13 million viewers and 934,000 in the demo for that, that crossover segment. They grew the audience 14% and grew the demo 18%. And to put this into contrast, this high point, if you compare it to the main event segment, those final 15 minutes of the show, The audience was down 30% from this peak with Cody and Seth. So, I mean, it is no question who um, the audience is like. Cody is the biggest, like, every, like, yes, you have The Rock that is kind of moonlighting here, but this is your biggest star. And you Mm -hmm. cannot deny that this, this Mania program is red hot, no matter what your complaints about some of the, um, the booking has been. Like this, this was a big sign of just the, the general interest that these two have just for a 15 minute
0: talking segment. It's, it's undeniable that this whole thing has made him a bigger star, you know, it like he was a big star, even, you know, heading, heading to it. And maybe we can ask the question, okay, if they just simply proceeded with the straightforward story of Cody winning the rumble and then challenging Roman Reigns, would he have gotten to this level anyway? I'm going to say no. Um, Whatever controversy occurred, whatever pivoting that they've done, it's all resulted in everything becoming that much bigger. And NXT on Tuesday,
2: I mean, they've pretty much just been flat with viewership. Like it's a very like ex- zero movement from last week. It was 650,000 viewers, although they did have a um, 13% drop in the 18 to 49 demo doing a 0.17. It was actually their lowest 18 to 49 number since august um for tuesday night show and uh we will see what um next week's tape show uh what what impact that has so we'll get we'll get a taped nxt and a taped smackdown next week as a, a comparison point but there you go that is all of your ratings information and we are going to head into dynamite don't you have
0: uh, one, one more thing to suggest
2: here? oh i do yes we have put up the WrestleMania week schedule up on the site. Uh, big, a big thank you to John Sino for his assistance uh, with uh, call, calling all this information, all of these shows, all of these matches, and uh, and those that have uh, also submitted uh, information for shows as well. We appreciate all of those. I just wanted to quickly look. Obviously not going through everything. You can do that yourself. Postwrestling.com slash mania. But some of the shows that stand out uh, on the Thursday... It is Stardom's first show here in the U.S. since 2019 um, before the pandemic. Um, They have not announced any matches for that, but I I see that one having a lot of interest. Um, That is going to be going on right around the same time as Bloodsport, which is part of the Collective. And then that evening is the Mark Hitchcock Memorial WrestleCon Super Show that Way and I are going to be attending. And then uh, DDT that night, Jeff Hardy in concert that Way is going to be going to. And then... Mm -hmm onto friday you've got a tokyo joshi pro progress um wrestling revolver and house of glory are doing a show and then you've got spring break and i was not aware of this other show that was going on but battleground championship wrestling is doing a tribute to the extreme two at the former ecw arena and this is like pretty much like what you like it's a like it's a low-key ecw reunion show um, including the Dudleys against Atsushi Onita and a mystery partner, and I mean, you've got a bunch of names That's from insane. ECW's wow. past. I mean, I was looking at this lineup, and just given the location of where it is and who's on this, um, it's just interesting. This is going head to head with Spring Break, which is sold out. So Spring mm-hmm. Break's already been a success. I can see with tickets not being available anymore for Spring Break. Um, I can see a lot of interest for this this ECW tribute show
0: while you're in Philadelphia.
2: tanaka and rhino on this
0: uh, yeah i i would say um i don't know what my appetite is for ecw nostalgia in 2024 with this cast but if i'm in philadelphia and i'm 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 looking for a reason to go to the ecw arena to see these guys it i mean that interest is completely there so if you've never gone to
2: an ecw show i mean this is kind of the closest you'll get to an experience here um Bill Alfonso is taking on Joel Gertner on this
0: show. I mean, how could you miss this? I I, I mean, there's a sick sort of like um, curiosity to know what that looks like. Is this a maybe for us? Well, uh, I guess it depends what else we'll be doing, whether or not we'll be doing like this is also the probably going head to head with the with SmackDown and the Hall of Fame and also uh, Final Battle or, um, yes, yeah, is, is, no, not Final Battle. Uh, what's the show? Super Well, part. they
2: haven't officially announced it, but it is, um, this would be where super card of honor w- would be um if it ends up being officially announced. And yeah, this is the same time as SmackDown and the hall of fame that night. And then into Saturday, uh you've got uh stand and deliver and WrestleMania. That is the, like the back-to-back WWE stuff. And way you're going to go to a clusterfuck forever at midnight after <laughs> WrestleMania while I'm at the press conference. Is that the plan?
0: Um, well, we shall see. We shall okay. see. Maybe we'll switch spots i'll go to the press conference you go to the clusterfuck okay ask a, ask a question at the clusterfuck perhaps
2: okay that's it all right we'll we'll roll reverse and um yeah and you can be um
0: what does that say about me that you're the the journalist who goes to the press conference and i'm the clusterfuck guy
2: i just think that, like it's
0: it's somewhat
2: near and dear to your heart the kind of battle does. royal yes all right uh we'll be talking about
0: this as we uh as we draw closer and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast
1: app. Future you will thank you.
2: Final thing uh, before we get to the dynamite review. If you missed today's Pollock and Thurston, we had Tim Marchman on from Vice News. A really great discussion with Tim, who's been doing some outstanding reporting at Vice on the various uh, investigations into uh, WWE, and I mean, he was the one that was leading the charge on the whole Ashley Massaro story last week as well. So a really great discussion with him, not just on the the principles involved, the different um, the different kind of Aspects to each of the investigations, but also sort of taking us into like his um, reporting and some, some of the, you know, outreach he's seen with like various women that are out there and, you know, getting into like that mindset of, you know, that there are many people that, you know, do not want to put themselves through the like traumatic event of you know attaching themselves to something that has happened to them and what the response is when you suddenly become a public figure uh in the in these cases so i thought i thought it was a really great um discussion that we had with uh, tim marchman if you want to check that out
0: i, th- I think you know uh, tim marchman certainly um and reporters like you and brandon continue to be at the forefront of these stories and um Maybe in the mainstream news cycle, some of the new information has kind of died down. But it's it's great that I, I think every single week we're we're still getting these sort of uh, discussions and updates from you guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, Brandon and I are pretty adamant. Like this this is the biggest story going on right now. And you are like, believe me, like we're we're starting to see some of that of like like pushback of like, why are you spending so much time on this? We're spending time on this because this is a story that has so much attached to it, and I feel there's. Constantly, new things to look at, whether they are historical or current, and to me, this is of the utmost importance. And I, I think I speak for Brandon on that a, as well. You so. speak
0: for the audience that that wants to know that stuff too.
2: All right, you can check that out on the site. And now we move on over to Dynamite from Cedar Park, Texas. Russell takes reporting, just over three thousand tickets out for the show, and we're starting off with John Moxley and Dax Harwood. And Moxley is working over the leg of Dax, gets into a figure four, later an Indian death lock, and then they're locked at the wrists, trading strikes, chops, slaps. They fight on the turnbuckle, and Dax hits a superplex, and then the two get on all fours and just clunk heads. Happy Valentine's Day. And they hit lariats. Dax gets the sharpshooter as Justin Roberts announces, five minutes remain, and... I thought this was like a nice touch because I think everyone, you're coming off the draw last week and they're kind of playing with the idea oh, it's Justin Roberts giving us the signal because they're going to go the, the time limit here. And they end up not. They just teased it. There's a pile driver by Dax, but he can't go for the cover in time. It's delayed. So Moxley kicks out. And then it's Moxley with the cutter, stomp, and pile driver. Dax kicks out. He manages a brain buster. Time is winding down. Moxley gets the shoulder up. And after Dax misses a swan dive off the top, a swan dive headbutt, Moxley locks on the rear naked choke. Dax is fighting it. He's fading away. And finally taps at 18 minutes and 38 seconds. And Moxley will not let go of the hold. This was like a BJ Penn, Jen Pulver and Cash then attacks and goes after him. Claudio runs in and hits a neutralizer to Cash. And as they've been building this program up, Uh, It will not be revolution, but instead they're doing the tag next week.
0: Yes, they are. I mean, it could lead to something at revolution, Um, you know, whatever Uh, rematch or stipulation or or, or something. But um, at least in the meantime, it is not. Um, So this was I think we just kind of look at the marquee and you'll know that it's a good match um i i felt it was i thought it had like a bit of a unique pace about it where there was a lot of standing striking you know between the two and almost like eh, had it sort of that element of each each of them like you know trying to one up each other with how much punishment they could each withstand um but this might be a popular opinion i didn't think flirting with the time limit was a good thing for this match. Um, Personally, I felt it went a little bit too long for a matchup that I think was just more of an introductory, you know, type of match for this feud. I mean, we're talking about the BCC that is, has that, that is kind of spent the, the majority of the month feuding with CMLL. And the FTR thing was just introduced and it uh, didn't have enough of my interest for me to pay attention for a tease of a 30-minute match. 20 minutes. 20-minute, sorry. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I, I I don't mind the, the inclusion of the the like intervals of time being brought up. I think it's something you, you should be doing on a regular basis and not just reserved for when we're going to do a time limit draw. So it's fine to, I, I think, throw people off uh, every now and then. I did feel like, for especially for a Texas crowd, um, like this was one where throughout the show, it was like – it's not like this crowd was going wild. And then it was like Willow came out. They were really hot for Willow Nightingale. And then that Texas death match, they got really heated. So to me, it was not a case of just, oh, is is the crowd not mic'd? It was like they got very loud late in the program. But I would say for a lot of this, it was sort of just, you know, for some of the longer wrestling matches. It wasn't like the crowd. It was not like they were dead, but also not like amplifying things as, as I felt they really added, especially to the death match at the end they wanted blood and willow and willow yes mm-hmm. yeah, that's it yeah willow or willow renee is with uh the callus family uh hobbs and Takeshta, and they go over his win submitting jericho with the walls no one wants to wrestle either of them so callus announced we're gonna have to look from within and he's gonna put two family members together and just this whimsical announcement at the pay-per-view it will be Kanosuke Takeshita versus Will Ospreay and Hobbs mm-hmm. gets to watch. And Callus talk about a label that people are going to hold this one to. Callus says this will be the match of the decade.
0: It's possible. It's very it's it, I would say it's very possible. It's not so if that it's match of the year.
2: It's underwhelming.
0: <laughs> um yeah sure i mean listen if you could say that about maybe um very few matches and not have like an uproar of i don't know um people calling bullshit like this is actually a match that actually has it be probably a very small chance but still there there is a chance that Takeshita versus Osprey could be the match of the decade
2: it's only got four years to well, really like to contend with i mean
0: it's um yeah you know,
2: it's not like they're announcing this in 2029 they're like oh yeah. my god we have to go all the way back
0: uh but this lovely. is like the type of like, you know, like kind of quick matchmaking that um I kind of love, especially for a pay-per-view. We're talking about Will Ospreay's true debut in AEW, and it's a matchup that feels fresh. It's a matchup that you almost know is going to be at least, you know, four and a half star plus with with Takeshita, who is also that level of competitor. Um, It's a very attractive draw for a paying customer on a pay-per-view. And, personally it feels like it might set up a bit of a um defection from osprey from the cows family is what i would expect because i think it's going to be really hard trying to get people to boo will osprey at this point um you know just coming off of his new japan run
2: yeah i mean this pay-per-view is shaping up to be incredible um from from many fronts and this
0: addition it's only going to bolster that does this suggest that Osprey won't appear on TV until the pay per view? Since seeing that he, they already have a match announced for him, or do you expect him on TV?
2: I don't think he needs to. I think that's part of the appeal of just tune
0: into the pay per view and you get
2: his big entrance at the Greensboro Coliseum. Um, like they, they could bring him in for a promo.
0: I don't they think could show that's... a video and just tee up the match. And, sure, and that's sure. Kind of all you could you have need.
2: some highlights of New Japan footage of yeah, like building him up. That's a good idea to have the vignettes, but save his appearance mm. for the pay-per-view i'm like it's not going to make a big difference either way but it's kind of just it's announced and you're getting a red hot match for his first with like one of the one of the better opponents you can throw at him for a debut match to just come in and they'll probably get 20 minutes you would think
0: match of the decade coming up
2: Wardlow and barrett brown this was not the match of the decade when a minute 23 adam cole was on commentary but didn't speak uh, he hit the knee strike off the turnbuckle and power bomb 123. Wardlow wins. So I think this is the first time we've seen him wrestle since that that knee injury tease or that that yeah. thought that he might have uh, done damage to his knee. And he was wearing a brace here, but um, yeah. at least Both. you know did, did a short match. But that's kind of par for the course with him.
0: It, it was his first match since since the injury. Um, and um, good to know that he's healthy enough that he could pull off a Wardlow squash match, which this was. Um, overall, maybe you know, kind of forgettable in the body of the show, but significant because it was his first match back. I think it could have maybe used uh, Cole cutting a a promo afterwards, just to kind of make the most of the situation. We are still talking about like the, this, what did they call again? The undisputed kingdom. Sorry. Um, That have become kind of forgettable. What what are
2: they called again? The the new world order.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess, you know, main event aside, which they did make a pretty significant um, sort of a, Appearance tonight.
2: The Young Bucks arrived in their private plane, still wearing their blood stained suits. They would come out later. Adam Copeland against Daniel Garcia. As Justin Roberts introduces him, the rated R super, super superstar. And Daniel Garcia, he's going for a surfboard, but instead does his dance while standing on the back of Copeland's knees and then um ends up just drilling the knees into the mat. Garcia starts selling his shoulder, which Copeland targets and would focus on. And then as we go to, I think this was during the picture and picture break, Copeland starts d- doing Daniel Garcia's dance to the crowd. And this crowd just turned on him. They were mm-hmm. like, no, dude, that does not work. And Copeland just pretty much played heel the rest of this match. He goes to the floor. He takes this dude's sunglasses and breaks them. And the guy's got another pair of sunglasses. But man, this crowd... It was I, I was curious, like how they would they would play this. And this kind of felt like Copeland was just running with it. And mm-hmm. I don't think you could have predicted that this would have been uh, the, the response. But maybe maybe the dance was the ace in the pocket to know a 50 year old man doing this dance. That's that's going to be hated no matter what location we're in.
0: I, I I guess it could be that I think on, you know, on on the surface, you have two baby faces here, but you have a veteran going up against somebody who's up and coming. Um, and I feel like that alone is enough to, you know, put the stakes up against Garcia to to make him the 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 the, the underdog, obviously, in all of this, and also to um it's it shows you how much the crowd loves Garcia. Garcia went for the knee of
2: Copeland with a dragon screw and then an inverted version of one. Copeland uh, then continues to work on the shoulder. There's a superplex and Garcia comes down on the shoulder and Copeland sets up for the spear and runs into a knee strike and Garcia gets the jackknife cover. And man, this crowd was totally buying into Garcia upsetting Copeland, but he kicks out. Crossface is applied by Copeland when Nick Wayne and Killswitch run in for the very rare. Uh, no contest ending between Copeland and Garcia. Christian and Shayna Wayne run down or walk down, and Cage grabs two chairs. Matt Menard yanks one away, but he's destroyed by Killswitch. So Killswitch choke slams Garcia, he's out, and Copeland tries to clear the ring with a chair when uh, Cage is begging off in the corner and Shayna low blows Adam from behind. He's hit with the Wayne's world, an extinction by kill switch and tons of heat here for Christian who proceeds to hit Copeland with the one man concerto.
0: Mm -hmm. Really good match. First of all, between uh, Copeland and Garcia. I think he's, like Copeland has been really good on this, you know, open challenge run. And I, I feel like he's definitely shown not only is he keeping up with maybe the demanding AEW pace, like he's more than keeping up with the AEW schedule of, you know, having like pretty substantial matches every single week here. Um, I think he's been delivering really high quality, you know, throughout all of these matches. This one was interesting to see Copeland lead more into playing a heel role, role, inviting booze from the crowd. Uh, but, it, it served to really kind of highlight Garcia as just a very, very beloved baby face at this point for, for an AEW crowd. So maybe it was a disappointing finish to some, but it didn't really bother me because like on TV, um, they have to How set up The an angle? angle was very good
2: afterward. I mean, yes, the crowd very was hot. very heated for that.
0: So a this... qu- question. Shouldn't this set up a three-way? The way, I... it's, the way it, it did for Swerve and Page? I thought the same thing but for that very reason
2: this felt way too copycat and first like coming out of this i was wondering are they gonna go with cage and garcia with this injury angle to copeland uh it's possible like that's mm, a but pretty he... serious angle to do if he's coming back in three weeks for
0: the pay-per-view but isn't that he, so yeah. flat though for 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 revolution you know you're 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 well i think it's either that or it's the three-way and they could do the three-way um yeah i guess so but i guess technically this was a dq right not a no contest not a draw they, they the commentary they did call it a no contest
2: or they oh. said the match has been thrown out they did state that so okay um they could go the three-way direction it would be odd not to have adam copeland involved <laughs> here but i took it like this is a pretty this should be like a concerto should be something that is not just a, a week off, but
0: yeah, but good for Daniel Garcia didn't even have to get ranked and suddenly finds himself um, in title contention here. That's, that's how things work.
2: They recap the 30 minute draw between Swerve and Hangman, and then they gave the update. Adam Copeland did walk to the back and he's being evaluated. So maybe it's not as dire as I'm projecting.
0: That seems to be what it will indicate. Yeah. Walk
2: off a concerto. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe is out. He takes, he, this was the ultimate heel line. He is taking credit for the rankings coming back. And he took a page out of the Texas playbook with this three-way. This match is now bigger and dumber. And he <laughs> says that these two might walk into this match, but they're going to be limping out of it. So Swerve comes down, says this wasn't supposed to be personal, but it's starting to with you running your mouth, Joe, and I guess a fan like yelled something here that none of us could hear, but man, they all laughed at this, and this held up. Swerve, like even he had to pause here.
0: I heard. um So, so Swerve was was in the middle of saying, "You said," and then the fan yelled, "What did he say?" And I I don't know if that was enough to elicit that sort of reaction, or if there was something else that was said off mic. But Just that was all. Howled at
2: this. I can imagine how many people heard this guy that laughed. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's a. Uh, it was a very intimate venue swerve is going to become one of the greatest of all time he said that nothing will change at revolution except he will be the champion and then hangman is interrupting them he comes out to booze says i wasn't mad last week in your dynamite reports don't write that i was angry
0: yeah make sure you note that so you know
2: calls this horse shit says swerve couldn't win in 30 minutes says i would prefer a one-on-one match with samoa joe two people that value this title and swerve after all we've been through you don't deserve one second of my time much less five more minutes that's why i didn't give it to you last week and says you couldn't get the job done you don't deserve to be in this title match joe just says you two aren't gonna pin one another to take my title i'm samoa joe i'm whipping both your asses and uh, joe again just seemed like the dominant force in this segment um I, I thought this this wasn't one of Swerve's better uh, performances uh, in terms of just, just talking. Um, I, I thought Joe was like the star of this segment, but what this was leaning towards at the end was I thought Joe was going to invoke like, this has to be elimination or something like that and not hmm. be, not like the cheap three-way where it's like the champion doesn't have to be pin deal. Like that seemed to be what he was referencing uh, based on this line at the end, but they didn't come out and make that clear.
0: I think he was just more saying neither of you are going to get a chance to pin each other because I'm going to destroy the both of you. Um, I thought it was a strong segment. Honestly, I felt like all three three's promos were were pretty good here with good storytelling from everybody. Uh, it's a very interesting way that they're building up to this three way because the feud here is between Swerve and Paige. But because Joe holds the championship that they both want, he doesn't necessarily get lost here. Um again a very unconventional way of building up to a three-way but i would say it's been working so far what's also interesting about it is just sort of like the the sort of very unique heel babyface dynamics to each person involved in this feud i mean this certainly continued pages heel turn by you know having him come out and basically lying about actually being mad last week um he's constantly kind of focusing on swerve's inability to win rather than his own inability to beat swerve um So it's working very well. The crowd booed him very, very loudly tonight. Swerve, meanwhile, cuts pretty much an entirely babyface promo, talking about his accomplishments that he has proven, like, justly to the audience that he's earned. You know, he talks about working harder than everybody. These are all babyface qualities that we love. And he's being cheered, you know, as a babyface. Joe, too, I think simply by being cool is also being cheered like a babyface. So you have two guys here in Swerve, who's a part of a heel stable. Joe, who just turned on MJF and joined with the Devils, both being cheered as babyfaces. And you have Paige, who is the guy who had his house broken into, and a guy who's about to team with Hook and RVD next week, being treated as the heel in all of this. So it's a very unique sort of like mix, but I think it's all working.
2: Well, even last week, I mean, if you had the role somewhat reversed, it would have, I think, been, I think it would have flowed a little easier in that Swerve is the guy who was ranked number one. Like, he's beaten Hangman, and it almost should have been the other way where it's uh, Hangman is the one that doesn't want to give him the extra five minutes, but it's Swerve that has these wins over this guy. It was like, it should almost be like, you had to beat me in order to get into this match. And instead it's kind of like the opposite, like, hang on. This is just, one... a,
0: this is though, assuming that the, like they are treating these rankings as if they are, I don't know, serious, right? Like why was page involved in this number one contenders match? If he wasn't like, if you only, if you already had the rankings to go by,
2: Um. well, it, it, it would have been Swerve's. It was Swerve's sort of spot to lose. So, I mean, he was the one that was essentially like putting his number one contendership on the line here against right. Hangman.
0: I guess so. But like it, it, seeing Daniel Garcia in a contenders match for for the TNT championship without him actually being ranked doesn't tell me that they're thinking that hard about all that.
2: Well, blame Samoa Joe. That's That's who you direct your anger towards for the rankings coming back. Tony Storm presented Wet Ink. And we see these old photos of her and Diana, and explains that Deanna was helped. Uh, Tony helped her get into Japan and sign a contract and said that you suckled on my teat of talent. And now you bit the tit that feeds you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Worth it just to hear you repeat that. I'm a professional way. Yeah. And she says. When you can't change the past, you kill it. And she is here getting uh, work done on her ankle, and it reveals a updated version of the tattoo that now has a dagger going through the duck. It's <laughs> amazing. amazing. This if amazing. this is not being sold as a T-shirt next week. Then they're totally just leaving money on the table. Uh, would you wear uh, this? T- on I a wouldn't, but there are so many people that would. <laughs> i i i feel Maybe like a uh, copyright image i hope she has the rights
0: to this duck we should ask the tattoo artist i suppose
2: randy orton can tell you about tattoos and
0: true making sure you have the uh, the rights to them uh i i've i've enjoyed i would say almost every sort of like out of ring piece of media that they've created for tony storm at this point but they've been, kind of been at varying levels of like oh that's kind of cute you know and that's sort of neat this like you know um silent film going into commercial like you know gives me a bit of a chuckle this was like the first piece where i actually felt like this was like seriously well done like quality quality stuff here you have really well written promo from Tony storm here that gives you all the sort of backstory you need about the program, as well as I think her current thoughts about it. I mean, she considered Deanna somebody who was only an extra um, who now thinks, you know, she, she's the lead talked about their history, you know, throughout, throughout the uh, Japan and how, I don't know if this is accurate or not. Was Deanna actually her, her young girl or at least like protege of some sort.
2: Um, they, they. I mean, they did they not state that they they lived together, but I think that was in New Jersey.
0: But was there sort of like you know, a ranking, you know, among the two with Tony ahead? Whatever. Like you can you can believe that there was. I'm sure uh, people will be correcting us in the comment section, but it was a really well written script, I think, full of, again, backstory as well as like an updated sort of like um idea of how she currently feels and then it was so well shot and so well edited and so well produced everything just kind of looked so like slick and high level and professionally done and the woman sacrificed her body okay with this tattoo to tell this story and further this story i thought it was a very well done vignette
2: so Deanna just reacts and tells her i'm gonna break your arm bitch." Now, yeah, I would say, state this, like you, I understand that this is like a really well done segment, but like if we got matching tattoos way and you yeah. decided to butcher yours, I don't know if I'd be upset at you over that. Like we've already had our falling out and it's like, you're if you want to like mangle your your body to have a, a sword going through a duck, like that's, that's freedom of a
0: expression right there. I, I don't know if I... I'm going to break a limb of yours just because you did this. It was, it's not just because of this. She was already upset. This was just, you know, she took this. I mean, it wasn't just the tattoo, but but the entire, um, all the words that she said, you know, to, uh, demeaning their relationship. All right. So it was the suckling on the teat of talent that might have pushed her over the edge. If I said that to you, I,
2: I I would hate to know what you would do. I I would probably have to break an arm. The young bucks arrive. Into the arena and come out. How do you feel about their new, uh, their
0: new succession style theme that they debuted last week? I I like it a lot. I mean, I'm I'm just a fan of like any sort of big effort put into a, an entire rebranding when it comes to you know people turning heel. There are going to be obviously comparisons to Roman Reigns' theme, which also sounds very succession like but so what like it works it works you know this was this one was a bit more on the nose like even the font is like um i think the video the is very good influence. that they've shot for it yeah but it's great it's great
2: so it's the young bucks and top flight and i mean this was a match where the young bucks were full on like heels here like even to the point like they weren't going to do any of their flashy stuff they weren't going to go like spot for spot with top flight. Like they just let top flight be top flight. And they were just like the the heels selling and taking all the shortcuts. And like they're doing like major, major changes to every aspect of what's gotten them over for all of these years. So it's very interesting to watch that I wouldn't look at this as a completed project. Like we are literally watching them sort of um you know throw this stuff against the wall on a weekly basis. And and some's working and, and some's not. Like I mm. I think the angle last week gave a lot of um, steam behind these two that was lacking beforehand, where, as you've mentioned, it felt more sort of like being the elite cutting room floor type of stuff. And now they've got like a big match to to go towards. And they did this great angle to close the show.
0: And let's also mention the soul patches. okay? The sting soul patches. (laughs) i suppose i don't necessarily think of sting i suppose when when i see this but i this is like sting rocked that for a long time it's true but this somehow looks like way worse on the box which makes makes it perfect for this this gimmick
2: do you feel that this was a a conscious effort that the vince mcmahon mustaches are gone and now the soul patches are there um, they, they were They had to be spoofing Vince with those mustaches when they started this.
0: Possible, yeah. It, 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 I, I'm not going to say you know outright no, but it's not like there's a ban on mustaches on this show. Hangman is is still very much rocking his. Could just be that hey, we don't we we can only have one mustached uh, heel uh, entity on the show at once.
2: We we are not discounting mustaches but the the pencil version i mean that is pretty that is pretty is
0: is there a mustache band now in
2: AEW? um i don't know you you don't want to have a an overcrowding of them but Hmm. so the match uh begins top flight sends them over to the floor they tease dives with the bucks just run out of the way and nick is admonishing the announcers for they better respect them and there's a springboard cross-body by Dante onto Matt for a two-count. Darius kicks off of Dante into a tornado DDT on Matt. Nick's in to make the save. And then Nick drops Dante onto the guardrail. And Nick distracts Mike Knox, uh, Rick Knox, allowing Matt to lift Darius, kick him low, and they hit the EVP trigger as Nick pins Darius. Um, I, I thought it was fine. I, I wouldn't say that that this was, you know, when when Top Flight first came in and they had just their debut match against the young bucks and they just tore it down. Um, this was certainly not that this was much more, I think more of the young bucks and character work and like top flight was fine, but I wouldn't say this match. Um, you look at it on paper, like this was going to just blow your mind. This was not that.
0: This was not meant to be that in in any way, you know, like that would have resulted in the match where we would have wanted to cheer for the young bucks. And, and this was really all about them again, reintroducing these heel characters and, making us hate them which i i felt like they did a really good job of i think the heel transformation at this point feels very complete for the bucks um new look new personas new ring music and i would say a a, a pretty well adapted in ring style here you know it retains a lot of the pace and perhaps quality uh, that you would expect but brings a lot more heelish traits and all you have to kind of really listen to is just whether or not the crowd is reacting and i i heard every like a pretty loud crowd i found myself very engaged throughout the match i think wrestling in suits is ridiculous and i thought it totally worked here um i was certainly skeptical about you know the tone of the backstage skits but all these two really had to do was remind me of just like how good they are in ring, even as these sort of like modified heel versions of themselves and I'm, i'm i'm definitely on board now
2: I think at revolution, they need to come out in like pristine new suits and it's their blood that is going to be
0: covered on the the suits. Love it. Love it.
2: Tony interviews the young bucks in the ring. They note they're undefeated this year and that makes us number one contenders. And they point to their own graphic as the number one contenders. Shivani explains how Sting isn't here tonight after the attack last week. And Matt complains about Tony's biased commentary. And that's in breach of contract for disparaging them. They're going to levy a $1,000 fine. And then Nick uses his shoulder and knocks Tony down. And man, the crowd, they love Tony Shivani. You do not bully this man. And then... They, Matt apologizes, they go to help him up And they have him in position for the EVP trigger And the crowd is like, no, not Tony And then Darby Allen runs down into the ring with Sting's bat And tries to get it out the first time To explain the original mission statement Something came out of his mouth It was not those words And had to do a, a retake on live television Said the original mission statement was Change the world and said how, when this company started, I begged for a job. You guys weren't interested, and I had to watch all your shit friends get hired, the California crew, and at least one EVP had the sense to hire me. And it's like, okay, you're really getting down to uh, one or the other. So Darby eliminated the, the the 50-50 chance here, and I'm not talking about Kenny, which leads to, of course, a Cody chant here in this arena. I was like, <laughs> you doing here I know I mean it was clearly by design wanna make these EVPs like positioned as like they're clueless but I don't know if I want to be leading to a Cody chant here on my program.
0: It was certainly interesting hearing hearing this and I mean it fits within the story. You know you're trying to portray the Bucks as the evil EVPs while the good EVP has somehow left and is now main eventing your rival's top show of the year. (laughs) Like the effect of it maybe doesn't sound great even though it fits in storyline. Um, But it was like a heat getting line, wasn't it? Like that kind of almost Kenny, though,
2: you, you've you also like you healed Kenny in this as well. Like, yeah, so he didn't want to hire me either. And Kenny is not on this Kenny EVP, caught a stray. evil yeah.
0: EVP side.
2: Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. He said how and he brought like up the like how they were reportedly staying here at AEW because the travel was easier. The money was really good. And now it's no longer about changing the world. He said, do you know who was on the first Dynamite? Not me, but Brandon Cutler was. What the hell? And they end up making the tag title match for Revolution with Sting and Darby against the Young Bucks in Sting's final match. And when they put up the graphic, added that it would be a tornado tag match.
0: Okay, so just like we saw with uh, Starks and, and Big Bill um and to sting's benefit i think he has found his his calling in these tornado tags is it to his benefit because it it demands a whole lot more for him you know he's not going to be able to take breaks but he he delivered you know and that stark's a big bill match you get to
2: do all the stunts people want the stunts like that is you can't do a straight tag do
0: the stunts in a you're right though like i suppose if it was no they want to go all
2: around the arena i Mm -hmm. mean it's it's to the
0: benefit of the match to do right
2: uh, this way but there you go the the match we knew we were getting now confirmed
0: I I I really enjoyed this Darby promo. I mean, you know, maybe did it did it resulted in, in uh, AEW's um, upper management looking the best? I suppose. I guess you could question that, but overall, I thought it helped the feud. I thought it certainly made me like Darby Allen more. Like this was almost the type of promo that um, felt, felt very punk like in that. Um, said a lot of truths and almost things that you're probably not really supposed to say, or we think you're not supposed to say. Like putting over. He should have brought up
2: here. I'm, I'm trying to be very CM Punk like another guy (laughs) who had a lot better Uh,
0: knowledge around this place than most. I mean, you know, he, he he would be justified, I suppose in, in saying that. Um, but I, you guys have only won two
2: matches in your number one contenders. A real streak was by Jade Cargill who won 45. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh dude you're on fire that that would be a lovely love darby allen i i just thought it was like the type of like honesty or just like interesting content um that that made me pay attention and not, made me like darby allen more and deepen my attention into this feud
2: well i i did think the angle and using tony Schiavone it definitely worked for the crowd and again like it's this young bucks turn like it is it is certainly uh, been with resistance from some and i think it's it's tough to to move to this role um that they're going with
0: <laughs> look at the graphic it's the AEW world tag team champions darby allen versus St- and sting versus in bold yellow lettering aew evps matthew and nicholas jackson so are they putting that title up for grabs uh the evp titles no yeah. no those are no. built into the deals i
2: see renee interviews the bang bang scissor gang they have new merchandise and they're gonna have a 12-man tag on Rampage on Friday, which uh, Taz ends this segment by just stating they are all annoying people in this group.
0: And I, I suppose by by this point we we should know who they're facing.
2: Uh, we should. Um yeah. I'm imagining it's um all is it the, the AEW crew? I'm gonna imagine it's Daniels, Seidel, Menard, Parker, Hager, and uh someone else. Um that's going to be my guess off okay
0: I'll, I'll see if it's, okay, it's you, up you there find out. um
2: so in addition to the 12 man tag on friday and remember rampage is on at 7 eastern although they mentioned there is going to be a replay that night at 11 30 they will have jeff hardy against sammy guevara in a no dq match and queen amanada versus anna J listed for friday and nothing on saturday but next week on dynamite it's the moxley and claudio versus ftr match and as way mentioned hook rvd and hangman page against samoa joe swerve strickland and brian cage in a very random trios match
0: um i guess it's just a preview of of you know the revolution main event but yeah um throw in rvd whenever you need uh something interesting but
2: it is something with hook and joe in this match some kind of interaction
0: yeah they're opposing joe you know so it makes sense it just doesn't like the the reactions will 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 be interesting to see how the audience reacts to page versus how much they will love and cheer hook and rvd and what they do with it coming out of the match do does rvd or sorry does page turn on either of the two
2: um we'll see we'll find out willow nightingale with stokely hathaway taking on sky blue Uh, Taz and Stokely argued about the colors of their shirts and Taz claiming orange is his and he's wearing Texas orange and they believed that Stokely's shirt was more butternut squash Hmm. Willow got a really good reaction coming out here and she hit this pounce and dude sky blue um, flew into the sky with this pounce she went all across the ring and to the floor this looked incredible Uh, I think this was during the break. Stokely meant Stokely gave out his one password uh, mentioning his TD bank account, um, which is the same password Tony uses for his AOL instant messenger.
0: Okay, did you catch it? Did you write it down?
2: I didn't write it down, but he did disclose it uh willow hits a bunch of clotheslines knocks her off the apron crowd continues to be behind willow and then blue hits a power bomb out of the corner gets a two count and then goes for cold blue and stokely sensing that willow's in trouble distracts aubrey and it does not take much to distract the referees in this company and so aubrey is dealing with stokely willow gets out of the pinning predicament and hits the babe with the power bomb and beats sky blue with stokely's assistance hmm.
0: um good match i felt
2: i thought they worked really well together yeah,
0: yeah. i i feel like this current storyline with stokely and and willow and um uh chris under like could use some context um on commentary in my opinion um it's fine for like storylines to like play out on rampage and collision but i think they should also remember that half less than half the audience watches those shows that are, that are watching dynamite. And I just don't think either, I don't know more video packages or just maybe more of a holding of the hand from the announcers before presenting like another chapter in, in the story. I don't think it ever hurts.
2: Our final match. It was the Texas death match between orange Cassidy and Matt Taven and they fight into the stands. We got a table set up and Taven comes off the stage with an elbow Sometimes the table doesn't break. Sometimes the table does break. Very rare that the table bends. Was this Hmm. table made out of like rubber? This thing was like, it was like a U shape after he hit this elbow. So then Taven decides to just suplex orange through the table. And all of a sudden, Cassidy is just bleeding like right across his hairline. And man, this was a fair amount of blood.
0: Yeah, this was a, a Texas death match level play job, I would say.
2: Yes. Taven brings out another table and he balances it against the announcer's desk and he dives over the top, missing Cassidy and crashing through this table. And now the crowd was going nuts. Taven is bleeding as well. Cassidy is just in need of a transfusion. He pulls out a box of chocolates from Chuck Taylor, but it's not chocolates. It's tax. This was the alternate ending in uh, Forrest Gump. Taven then sends Orange Cassidy off the turnbuckle, lands on the tax. so Taven leaps off the top with this huge splash, comes up empty, and he lands on the, the tax. Cassidy falls with a satellite DDT. Crowd's going nuts here. Cassidy brings out a chain, but then he is attacked by Mike Bennett, who fills the ring with chairs, and Trent walks down with a bunch of roses, and there is a pipe within those roses. Blast it into this chair that Bennett is holding. And then Taven attacks Trent with a chair, drills him off the turnbuckle into the chair. And that opens things up for Cassidy to hit the orange punch and a beach break on the sea of chairs, wraps a chain, orange punch. And then Roderick Strong comes in and takes out Trent with a knee. But uh, we've got uh, Taven still down as they're making the 10 count. And Cassidy wins by knockout as
0: the count makes it to 10 cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Um so I mean the, a lot of people are questioning why a Texas death match suddenly, you know, with Matt Taven and Orange Cassidy they're in Texas. That, that really is is the only justification and it, it, looking at the result it's perfectly fine. Like they they wanted there, to There ha- was
2: to be fair. The the story is that Orange Cassidy is not going to turn down a challenge and the undisputed kingdom knows that and they're pushing this guy so that he's going to be at his... He's going to be handicapped for Roderick Strong in a couple of weeks, so they're putting him through all these paces every week. Yes. And they went like there was a perfectly legitimate story to this beyond just doing a crazy match for the sake of it,
0: right? I and I don't I don't think the the arguments were were in bad faith. I think, especially coming off a of Swerve and Page, you have people that are able to recognize the Texas Death Match as a culminating, you know, like gimmick. That's you fair. Have the the bar long. is very
2: high now for that. This has become a calling card match for AEW. Exactly. I, that, that's fair i to that end though for for a tv match like i, I thought this was like
0: well you know it's intense. gonna be great like they yeah. had they have a lot to live up to and i thought they delivered like a high level of spectacle and violence and and, and that that lived up to you know the the texas deathmatch billing within AEW. i mean matt Taven. Warped his fucking ass off in this this
2: was his biggest opportunity since coming into aew to have a singles match on dynamite get enough time here they got the overrun on top of it like i i thought this this was definitely my match of the show
0: oh yes without a doubt Mm -hmm. so
2: um yeah that that's how things ended they did the it's pretty much just Um, a guarantee now they're going to do five minute overruns every week for dynamite like it's not a out of the ordinary type of thing it's just kind of built in for those extra five minutes and that was dynamite i I would say like overall as a show um definitely a step down from last week which was an electric show but i think this one was more less so on the match quality but they did do a number of angles that i think were beneficial to the pay-per-view i thought that Um, you know, Copeland and Garcia was a very good match, but the angle was very important afterwards, the bucks in top flight. It was more so the angle afterwards setting up the tornado match for the pay-per-view, uh, Joe swerve and hangman really intensifying that like you're for all the talk that AEW at times, these pay-per-views come up and all of a sudden it's like, we've got to get all these matches announced. Uh, Like they have given a lot of breathing room to have the build announce these well in advance and. This is shaping up to be, I would say, one of the stronger shows from a company that typically has very strong pay-per-views. Like, this one has the, the emotional peak of Sting's farewell. And, man, you've got Osprey and Takeshita that's going to be just thrown into the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Danielson and Kingston is on this card. We still don't have the the Moxley match. You have this three-way for the AEW title. Storm and Deanna Perrazzo has been building very, very effectively. Yeah. So I think that this... Seems to be one of I think the better built pay per views that AEW has also put together. We'll see. Agreed. How the final three weeks go?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think the the storytelling has been pretty cohesive uh, thus far, especially like for the main event. You know, b- being able to tell the story for a three way, I don't think is the easiest thing, especially when you have at this point such a celebrated rivalry in in, in Page and, and and Swerve, but Joe a- has never at all um, felt sort of um, forgotten about. And so I would say up and down, like this has been like every program feels like it's being long built, maybe with the exception of, of like, you know, Takeshida and Osprey, But I mean, that's just a hot match that kind of speaks for itself anyway. Uh, and it's it's a guy's sort of official debut in AEW. So
2: that one doesn't need anything more need than it. what we got tonight. It's the showcase mm-hmm. of Will Ospreay in AEW. And we're giving him a world class opponent to go out there and be Will Ospreay and have the mm-hmm. best match you can possibly have on your first night in
0: exactly mm-hmm.
2: all right there you have it we are going to open it up if you want to uh throw in any super chats you are welcome to do so and we have a bunch of feedback here from the forum
0: let's go to forum.postwrestling.com.
2: We'll start with Andrew from Cape Breton. Matt Taven has had a rough go of things in the past few years with his much maligned ROH title run being the major knock. I think that he made the most out of his opportunity tonight and maybe he could be taken seriously down the road. I hope Mike Bennett gets something like that too as the stench from his WWE run is hard to get rid of. I also didn't didn't know how to feel about the dq tonight as normally in wwe they're annoying as they always come at the end of a long match the fact that AEW rarely does dqs though did help with that finish as well as all the heat for it being on the patriarchy i'm just not sure where they're going with copeland now as normally the concerto is a heavy angle and lastly i wasn't a fan of darby making the cody Rhodes reference it reminded me of wcw and when they would talk about all the great guys that they had who left maybe it could be justified as darby had a history with cody but it's something you want to avoid good show in general though
0: it was a controversial line, uh, without a doubt. Um, it would have been—I f- mean, Cody is the biggest star in WWE right now, and—and and, you know, rather than this just simply being Darby's truth, it was in effect something that made the biggest star of your of your rival company mm, feel like. That much of a like a real star who left and for for greener pastures but i mean i think it was just darby t- speaking to the truth of his own history within the company and you know furthering the heel kind of like reaction to the bucks mm, i don't think it hurts like aw I think it's the end of the company. <laughs> this, takes, this is the line that takes them I think down. that was it. Yeah, that okay. was it. They had a good run. All right, let's go to Jordan from the Bronx, who says, Dynamite was a fun show, and the Revolution card is filling out nicely. Osprey and Takeshita will be great, and I'm looking forward to seeing how both guys will be booked after the match. Takeshita has had one too many hot and cold spells. Well, the, Okay, so this brings up an interesting question. How do you book um, the finish Who of that match, Takeshita-Osprey?
2: Um, it's, it's an interesting one because like Takeshita is like normal circumstances. I would state like Osprey's coming in, he should win his first match. Um, but you've put so much into Takeshita as this like unbeatable force that beat has beaten Omega twice, beat Jericho, um. So yeah, like you, you certainly I, I don't see it as a problem. I see it as like here's two, here's a match where you have compelling arguments about who who goes over. Like I would say conventional wisdom is you want Osprey to win. I think this mat, I think this match is just going to be so extraordinary that it's almost going to be, I won't say irrelevant who wins, but it's like the story is going to be the quality of the match and, and if, if Don Callis gets involved too uh, as well, like that could. Mm-hmm set something up where maybe we're going to fast-track Osprey to get to the babyface side and, yeah. and not even play this out all that
0: long, or at least have a tease of that. Considering I think how much like value will Hos- Osprey holds for like the future of, of this company. I, I think he has to win in his first match back, but Takeshita and the Callis family can get their heat back by, you know, beating the shit out of him afterwards and building to a, a bigger angle. So, and you it, still
2: have the heat on Takeshita. Like he, he put Jericho out with, with the walls and, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and Jericho, like, does does he have some kind of role on on this show or in this angle? Like, this mm-hmm. is his
0: storyline. Uh, he also has a question here. Is there a reason why AEW doesn't announce injuries? I recently watched an interview on their YouTube channel featuring Queen Anamanada, and she talked about her having an ankle, a knee injury. But on TV, she seemingly disappeared. I find myself asking about guys whereabouts like Miro, Wheeler, Yuta, Paco. Since AEW is leaning into a sports presentation, maybe including an injury report, whether legit or kayfabe could be a nice inclusion. I
2: mean, I, I think it's of no negative to do that type of thing, because like in AEW, you did get a lot of questions about like where these people have disappeared for so long and you don't get updates on them. Um, I don't see why it hurts, but obviously it's it's something they don't go out of their way to do wwe i mean they'll disclose it when there's like for Shotzi, it's unavoidable but i mean they'll have injuries too that they don't necessarily bring up um but I, i just i just think it's like there's also just for the sake of storytelling as well someone is hurt and someone's coming back from something it's it can be woven into a story and your audience is at least aware of what someone is is going through
0: right but I don't think it's necessary to announce everybody who's currently on the disabled list, you know, which which maybe a segment like this would would suggest. Um, I feel like in wrestling, like you 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 they already have trouble, especially in AEW, putting certain a certain amount of people in focus. And I think they've done a good job of that, especially during this pay-per-view run. Um, to the point where I don't know how how relevant it is to give you an, an injury update on somebody who's not. Be going to be featured in a storyline if they're about to come back you know like let's say like i don't know if it's a serena deep and you're just kind of counting the days before she makes her return then i think it's important and, and necessary um you're trying to get people to think about that person but in some cases you don't know when you know a dante martin might come back from it from an injury i mean in martin dante martin's case especially that they really could have used like a bit more of a build-up to, to his return but uh, sometimes you know they just have nothing for them, so. I'm sure there's a good way of maybe doing it, but um, I, I, I yeah, yeah, I don't know about maybe every
2: injury. Muggin writes the slow burn double turn between Hangman and Swerve took another step forward. It's also rare for AEW to do a DQ finish, but it made sense for Copeland and Garcia to get ruined by that turtleneck sob and his brood. Was it a write off for Adam Osprey drawing to Keshed up for his first match at Revolution could be a vehicle to turn Will babyface. I think he's outgrowing Don Callis and company. Orange Cassidy hasn't even arrived in the company yet. He's out, he's outgrowing them. Uh, Cassidy and Taven didn't need to be a Texas death match because the sanctity of it needs to be protected for more heated rivalries. The not so young bucks are leaning into the type A executives with such douchey, douchey zeal.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. I don't see it as a write-off for, for Copeland. I mean, you know, for one thing, he he walked out of the arena reportedly and um. I just don't see him missing revolution, you know?
2: Oh, it could be a three way like they certainly have laid the groundwork mm-hmm. it that it could be that.
0: And he says Moxley Dax is the match of the week. Joe has a thing that kid the, the kids call aura in spades. Are kids saying that really aura and spades? Some have have some gripes with the direction of the hangman character, which for the most part has nailed the zeitgeist. While I love the angle last week and wearing the blood tinted outfits, these young bucks characters have just fallen flat and haven't been nearly as clever as they seem to think they are. Stands out when you're seeing the wrestler in a management position dealt deal done better at the same time you uh, obviously referring to um, the rock uh, using Darby's origin story to gain heat is clever, but it's interesting to see Cornette's all friends wrestling shtick become babyface material in AEW canon. The death match was not my cup of tea without the heated feud to go with it. Uh, overall thought the show lacked a little substance and was a come down from last week's, my favorite episode of wrestling TV in 2024. Um, is that, is this, is that line from Darby uh, going to be the most controversial thing to come out of the show? The, the Cody line? The Cody lines and just, the, I guess, the general sort of um, friend, all friends wrestling.
2: I mean, it's uh, defined controversial. I mean, people will weigh in on it. Does it reflect a, a... poorly
0: on the company to let that mm, line go? I,
2: I I wouldn't be encouraging to have like a big audience reaction for the top star in the other company that left your company. I just don't think like, there's no value of that to you uh, and your company. Mm -hmm. I could have done just without the, and I'm not talking about Kenny. Like, I mean, you could have at least just kept it open-ended at that that point. You're probably not getting a Cody chant at at that juncture, at least um, a more reserved one. Um, But I I also think like that in a vacuum, I I don't think it's some horrible thing either. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it, it is what it is um and it was probably like the very true like this is what you're gonna have like in Mm -hmm. in a company where you're not like writing out promos for people and you give them a mic and stuff like that's gonna happen and sometimes it's going to result in reactions that are not as favorable for you or it's going to shift um perception of a character or even of the, the story that you're you're trying to tell to me it was just um so well, not, not what are, i would be aiming for but i don't think this is some grand tragedy either
0: yeah like i mean are we getting to the territory of making sure that you don't mention cody at all then you know if you're if you're uh, i don't know somebody cutting promos in AEW, um like this was just darby telling the truth of of his own I mean, history is
2: cody coming up in promos though since he left
0: I, probably a couple times at least Probably several times. He's
2: been mentioned here and there. I don't think you yes. insult your audience by pretending the guy didn't exist, but mm-hmm. I'm also not going out of
0: my way to. Um... But this is the gimmick, though. Like the, the, the feud is Darby Allen versus two people he thinks are um, undeserving of their EVP status or, or who he feels are corrupt, you know, and, and sort of um, uh, people who aren't um, in line with the original intent of, of, of what this company stood for.
2: Well then, Cody is not the babyface that's coming to back up Darby Allen and be the savior of AEW. <laughs> He's not the EVP. He's not coming Fine. back to be the EVP to get this company back on track. Yeah, and but does everything act...
0: have does everything have to lead to um, an angle like like a a, sto- a, a match for instance?
2: Um, I think that you want to have some direction for this. I mean, you kind of want to have that that figure that offsets this, and this kind of puts. Like Tony Khan in like this story, by puts
0: Kenny phone. in an awkward position for sure. It
2: yeah. certainly did in the, in this promo, but mm-hmm. maybe that line will just be forgotten. Cody from Maine, I'll be taking the trip down to Greensboro next month. I was sold on the Sting retirement alone, but with what has been announced for the card so far, I don't need another match to be happy. This show should be incredible, and I'm sure we'll get at least four more matches anyway. Very happy to have seen Taven get a chance to shine. It's a shame ROH tried to push him a bit too hard too soon. It soured people on a really solid performer. Hopefully tonight changed some opinions. Although my lone negative with the match was the stipulation. It could have just been a hardcore match or no DQ. You need to save the Texas death stipulation for what we've seen it used for previously. I mean, fair enough. Like there's enough of like, I didn't give it too much um, care in terms of that uh, like this. Um, sanctity of the Texas death match. And I'm not even saying that like facetiously, like they have built this up. Like that is a big stipulation. Mm -hmm. I think just the location of it made this an easy sell for people. And it's obviously a type of stipulation now that AEW can sell people on that it means a big deal. Um, but they, they could have gone another route. They could have done the same kind of putting Orange Cassidy through the paces in a violent match that doesn't have to be this match that we've kind of turned into a. One of our marquee attractions that we've developed.
0: Yeah, they could have gone with like, you know, the, certainly the match itself was a lot more Valentine's themed than Texas themed, you know? Like they they could have branded it something, you know, Valentine's.
2: My bloody Valentine.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Can we go go into a time machine and you can whisper that to Tony Khan? Maybe, you know, this there, there wouldn't be this outcry. I, I do think there's something to be said about like protecting your like valuable gimmicks, you know? Look at what WWE's been able to do with... I don't know, Hell in a Cell and, and, and whatever, War Games or, or Money in the Bank, you know, like Texas Deathmatch with a match like Swerve versus Page was like you're ascending that to a level uh, where it should be regarded as a pay-per-view quality type of thing. Um, But again, again, this is not going to hurt or kill the company
2: it's not like they bastardized the 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 great texas death match like this was still no. a really good match it was violent you got a lot of blood in this match um yes. but, I, but i understand the 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 pushback you're coming off like one of if not the greatest texas death matches that this industry has seen from last november so it's gonna be very hard to um up the bar
0: from from that that's only gonna grow in people's memory on top of it All right. Lastly, let's go to Brian from New Jersey, who says a fun episode with a lot of good storytelling, especially in the first hour and good storytelling. Sorry, good wrestling, especially in the first hour and good storytelling and pay-per-view built throughout. I love Samoa Joe continuing to run with the ball given to him. I could listen to him talk for even longer. Hangman's heelish character since the last match with Sorb is an interesting twist and coincidentally kind of mirrors Roxanne Perez's current character in NXT. Orange Cassidy and Matt Tabin really escalated quickly, but all parties delivered. Short but savage built for Storm versus Perazzo. I'm fully behind the evil EVP act of the Bucks. It gives good fuel for faces like Darby and Kingston, and the always-changing facial hair is fun. Quick aside, what did you catch the news from Marvel Studios today? The new Fantastic Four have been cast, and Richie from The Bear has been cast as The Thing.
2: Yeah, wait did you... Uh... Do you have any strong reaction to the casting choices for the Fantastic Four? This is definitely more your lane.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think I feel like Pedro Pascal has you know been rumored and and heavily almost like I would say confirmed you know for several weeks now, and um, I really like it. He's you know not somebody you would think uh, first for the, the role, but the man's such an incredibly strong actor that I have no doubt he'll like he'll bring a really really interesting. Uh, version of reed richards to screen um i'm not really as familiar with the rest of the cast outside of um, the actor who plays richie on the bear who i think is a perfect choice for ben Grimm and the thing i mean just the voice alone i think is perfect for it and i think he's just got that like he's always pissed off anyway you know And, and he's always down on his luck um as you saw as you see on the bear and that's exactly i think you know how i picture ben Grimm. you have any thoughts yeah
2: um i mean i i think pedro pascal is great i'm not like super up on the fantastic four so i can't really comment on like how how well these casting choices are um but yeah it's it's interesting did you
0: watch the deadpool trailer no i didn't oh you gotta watch the deadpool trailer that's good it's gonna be a lot of fun when does that come out uh july oh okay july this
2: is until july 25 so they're
0: really next getting the, year. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, big big leg up. Well, over, even that uh, is like forth. they're they're pretty ambitious with that date because they they're just announcing casting now. Mm-hmm. I and yeah. clearly not in production yet. I don't even know how far along in the pre production process they are. Um, and they're gonna have to rush this. Like it feels like it, a year is not a long time to put like an entire movie with all the special effects and everything together. This is yeah. like um,
2: right after the success of Iron Man. When uh, they immediately wanted to develop Iron Man two, and John Favreau was just thrown into the the toughest production schedule of uh, of producing that movie, as as I am into now, I'm up Very to Iron Man three, actually, in the production of
0: it. Wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, give me a book. book. Yes. Give me a report. Give me a uh, give me a you know a, a fifty page. I'll write an essay. Yeah. MCU, a thought provoking
2: exercise by John Pollock. Hmm. And this has been a thought-provoking edition of Rewind to Dynamite. So we want to thank everyone for joining us. And the questions can keep rolling in up at forum.postwrestling.com. Get them in by Thursday morning or memo.fm postwrestling. That show will be up Thursday early evening at postwrestlingcafe.com. So $6 gets you in the door for access to all of our bonus shows, including Rewind to SmackDown, which is the next time we'll be talking with you on Friday night, after a pretty big SmackDown from Salt Lake City, Utah with The Rock, with Dwayne Johnson, Logan Paul, the qualifying matches, and their last live SmackDown before Elimination Chamber. Yeah, we have to discuss what What are you going to do on Elimination Chamber uh, with a 5 a.m. start time. I'm not
0: getting up at 5 a.m. to watch that, but um, so we will so do a show at some point that day. Is that a Saturday? It's a Saturday. So that means re- like a few hours after SmackDown is the Chamber
2: oh yeah yeah i didn't even think of like, like the seven hours after that. smackdown
0: you're getting the chamber
2: it's it's like right around the same time too as the uh okada's last
0: match wow okay so i, I mean I, I wonder if it's even worth doing rewind smackdown for that particular day i think no yeah i think i think we should just
2: do elimination chamber mm-hmm. all that right i guess this is, this is what you get, everyone. This is uh, the bonus content, okay, as we're doing our schedule off the top of our heads. Uh, we'll have the update uh, for you when, when we chat with you next, but I'm leaning towards that as well, as you say say that out loud, because, okay. I mean, SmackDown's going to be dated real, real quickly by the mm-hmm. pay-per-view. All right, thanks for everyone for joining us. Uh, have a good evening. Have a good morning. Have a good life.